Good afternoon. Welcome into our final Cotton Bowl preview. Yingling live show here. Gabe DeArmond with Power Mizzou. We'll bring in Gerard Hamilton from North Texas here in just a minute. Want to, uh, first of all, before we get going, ask all of you who are here live with us to like, comment, subscribe, do all the things. If you got any questions, put them in the queue. We'll get to them and remind you that all of our coverage this week leading up to Mizzou and Ohio State on Friday night is being brought to you by Yingling, the taste of game time. Follow them at Yingling Beer on Twitter, on Instagram, on any other social media platforms that you may be aware of that maybe I'm not aware of. But uh, appreciate our friends at Yingling helping us out, not only with uh, the lead up to the bowl game and game day coverage, but all season long. Mizzou and Ohio State, the talking is done. All that's left is a football game. We're going to bring Gerard Hamilton in now. And uh, Gerard, you get to hang out with Ryan Day and Eli Drinkwitz for about 45 minutes this afternoon. I'm sure they said incredibly inflammatory things. Uh, a lot of bulletin board material provided leading up to the game. Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Um, you're talking about the pinnacle of coach speak uh, when it comes to uh, – Ryan Day, but it, it was cool. Um, their personalities, uh, I feel like Drink really, his personality really showed today. It was pretty funny. Um, they didn't, you know, when it came to talking about the Cotton Bowl itself, again, I, I told you beforehand, it's nothing they haven't said in the past month, either one of them. Uh, there was a couple questions as far as, you know, with the new 12-team uh, playoff stuff, how December and how the recruiting schedule just needs to change. I feel like that was towards the end and that. And there was another question that's on the tip of my tongue, but uh, kind of just how they need to, to solve that, how they need to figure that out. That seemed like the most interesting thing out of it. But everything else was pretty much what you've been hearing in the past, you know, 24, 25 days. Yeah. And uh, we'll let you guys know, if, uh, you know, let us know if, if you're hearing in, in today. Uh, again, we're at the uh, Mercy of Technology. I'm here. I'm a little bit pixelated as far as uh, the video, but I'll be honest, I've seen Gerard a lot of times. So if I don't see you in live action on video, I'll, I'll survive that. Um, but but audio sounds fine. But let us know if, if you guys are having any issues uh, with that. And and we will do our best to uh, to get that taken care of. But I, it, before we get to any questions or last previews of this game, it, like, what you were talking about seems to me to be the main talking point in college football this month. By next December, this has to change, man. Like they can't, they're literally having free agency while the season is going on. I know Lane Kiffin talked about it the other day. Chip Kelly's talked about it, drink and day. I'm sure every bowl game, these coaches are being asked about this. I, college football is, has been poorly managed and messed up for a long time, but they can't keep doing it this way. Yeah. Um, well, when this question was asked, drink, drink basically took the lead on this one and, and Ryan kind of, uh, you know, agree with him. So the main points the, these guys were saying was like, all right, so you've got the season is still going on. You've got signing day, you've got transfers in and out and you possibly got a bowl game. And then if you add in the, the playoff, well, that schedule definitely is going to have to move back because obviously that's a much more important game and there are now more games. So you got that. You can't necessarily move signing day because, like, neither one of them had – they kept saying, we don't have exact answers, 
but we know what's not the answer, which is what it is now, because uh, Ryan gave the example, well, you can say, let's move signing day to, you know, sometime in the summer. But if you do that, a coaching change switches everything up. And now, you know, those recruits, they don't want to do it. Um, I think Drink said something about um, the transfer portal. He was like, a lot of kids are entering the transfer portal and having to make these decisions before they even finish finals. And that's something, you know, most people aren't thinking about. And, uh, and Drink is, I feel like, at least since I've been here, he's been good at saying, like, education, like, that kind of matters to him. The chase two dreams thing, he says that all the time. Um, that was that was big for him. So they know what it, they don't have the answer, but they know it is not the answer, which is the current uh, you know format and schedule. Yeah, I've I've got an idea. What if we just went back to having signing day in February, like it used to be? Like what what the hell was wrong with that? Why do we have to have these kids sign in December? And with the transfers, um, maybe don't force them to enroll in classes the first week in January. You know, maybe maybe go ahead and and give them time. I I, I think. A big part of this is they are trying to run what is the equivalent of a professional sport and still pretend they really care about these kids taking classes. And they don't, but I get why they pretend they do. You know, it's it kind of reminds me, um, it only reminds me because I seen it this morning, uh, Russell Wilson, you know, the, the Broncos are going to basically release him in March. And Sean Payton, I seen him say something kind of like, uh, it's not about, you know, economics or whatever it's about you know the chance to win or whatever and i seen on, on twitter earlier somebody said russ has 26 touchdowns eight interceptions like you know he's saying things because the higher ups are saying you know this is what we got to do and it's just coach speak but that, that's just how the game goes i guess yeah so uh look we're not going to solve uh the college football issues here in the next uh 30 minutes on this podcast so we'll, we'll move on to Mizzou, Ohio State. Um, the talking is done. We now have what twenty-eight hours till uh, till kickoff. It's a it's all kind of settled, and uh, and now we actually get to play a football game. The only thing we don't appear to know is still whether Marvin Harrison Jr. plays or not. Uh, it seems not, but nobody's actually said he isn't playing. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, someone asked. Just ask Day straight up, like, is he playing? Is Tommy Eichenberg playing? And uh, the guy who asked it, they said, well, usually this reporter asks two or three questions. So I'm going to I'm gonna wait for the second or third question because I'm not answering the first one. <laughs> and everybody kind of got a kick out of that. He just said, you know, basically he's going to let the players decide if they want to play or not, which obviously the assumption since they probably – since they didn't get into the CFP was here's our game plan with and without Marvin. And – you know, he's probably been leaning heavy in that without Marvin for a minute. So no one expects him to play. But I did – I have talked to some Buckeyes, you know, beat reporters, and they've said before um, there's been times where a player would practice or they'd show up to practice, not look like they're going to practice, and as soon as the media leaves, they're practicing again uh, with everybody else, and then they participate in the game. I forgot the player um, it was, but it's it's been in the Ryan Day tenure or whatever that that has happened so it's not out of the realm but no one expects it because he's a in a top five top ten type guy i mean i would say this i wouldn't put it past a college football coach to think hey we'll, we'll make everybody think he's not playing and then he's going to play and oh man it's going to be it's going to be huge but 
like Missouri is ready if Marvin Harris. It, it's also stupid. Like they 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 do all this subterfuge and in gameplay and stuff. And the Missouri game plan is not going to change that much if it's Marvin Harrison or some other guy. Like they're they're preparing for Ohio State scheme and Ohio State Ohio State's team, not number eighteen or some other number. Correct. And um, I mean, they like I said, when, when they were doing kickball and all that stuff yesterday, I just told me all the installs, everything, any type of plan or contingency was figured out long ago. And that's what happens when you've got, you know, four or five weeks to go, to prepare for one opponent. It's similar to preparing for a week one opponent in some regards. You got all this extra time. So every avenue that can be taken, they've already, you know, they've already went there. Yeah, what do you make of uh, – I know that you tend to maybe pay a little more attention to point spreads and and ways to make money or lose money off of that than, than I do, but uh, what do you make yeah. of this game opened at Ohio State favored by six and a half, went to Mizzou favored by two and a half. It's now back to Ohio State favored by four. Like, I'm not sure I've ever in the history of football seen lines move quite like this. So four, in one regard, it's like I'm not surprised. And again, that's just when when lines move like that. Part of it is I feel like, or at least the odds for the line is because so many people are smashing like a certain you know team. They want this or whatever. I think I don't know. Minus four seems you know minus three and a half, minus four. It seems like a bit much, but at the same time. The line being in Ohio State's favor, it doesn't surprise me because it's Ohio State, and also because they've got most of their team. This is the top at, for like what two or three of the first week of the rankings. They were number one, were they not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, when you take things like that, and they they seem so confident in this Devin Brown guy. I mean, they're 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 talking to him like he's been the starter, like he's a guy they wouldn't have mind being the starter this year anyway. So. Maybe, you know, Vegas knows that and they're keeping that in account. It it doesn't surprise me that Ohio State's favored in this game, but like generally you don't see a line move nine yeah. points one way and six points. But like whatever the line opens at, I don't feel like it generally moves more than a couple points either direction. And this one has moved nine points one way and then another, you know, what, six or seven points back the other way. Um, if, if I was better at gambling, I wish I would have placed like two or three bets along the way and taken advantage of everything. And then if you actually managed to get the perfect result of like, you know, Ohio state by a field goal or something, you could win three different ways. Right. And so the reasons is because, you know, bowls first announced, you just look at teams, what best players on each team. Then it took like a day or two for people to realize like Ohio state's probably gonna have their whole team opt out. It's not going to matter. Then when like they started passing the line, it's like, okay, I mean, all their transfers, it's kind of like Missouri. Most of the people transferring out are not players who are playing. Obviously, McCord, Fleming, and, and their uh, backup running back, Chip, those were guys, but like there wasn't nothing about Marvin and some of the defensive guys. So it was like, okay, now by this time, you see where the line is at. They know who's probably going to play and is what it is. But yeah, I wish I was thinking the same thing, but I try to. I tried. I learned a good rule last year. I don't bet on SEC teams and their games. I just stay completely out of that. Yeah. 
I, I learned a good rule 25 years ago. I don't bet on sports, but you know, right. whatever. That's just me. Yeah, I, see, that's why you're in charge, Gabe. <laughs> so, uh, all right, like, yeah, I don't, we've broken this down a hundred different ways. I'm not trying to get into into any more, uh, you know, matchups, things like that. But just, what would this mean to to Missouri to win this game? And, and what do you think the difference is between winning this game and Let's say a competitive loss. I mean, I know Missouri, Missouri doesn't want to go out and get beat, you know, 38-10 or something like that. Obviously, that takes some shine off. But how big is winning this game for Missouri? It's big, uh, you know, to when you look up bowl games and stuff like this. I, I heard earlier, and I didn't think about it. Missouri's on a four-game losing streak in bowl games. So, uh, was it? Texas Armed Forces. I feel like I'm missing one in there. Texas Armed Forces, Gasparilla year. The Music yeah. City Bowl COVID beat them. They just didn't go. Uh, so, you know, there, there's been a few in there. So so three or four game losing streak in bowl games. They want to snap that. Um, I, I forgot, was it you? Maybe you were quoting somebody or something, but there's a big difference in, you know, nine or 10 wins and 11 and 12 wins. Like, Having eleven and two season, and the losses are to the Heisman winner in Georgia. That's pretty good. Also, the final, you know, rankings or whatever. You beat Ohio State, probably jumping into that top five or you know six or something like. Like that's another big thing. And again, just saying, you you beat Ohio State, and it's not really going to be any of the you beat a, a empty team or whatever. You, you beat you beat the team, like. Marvin Harrison is big and Kyle McCord is those are significant pieces, but they're not the whole team. Like you just said, they're not planning for one or two players. It's a lot more that goes into that. So it'll be big, but if it's a competitive loss, really no shame in it. They've already won by their recruiting class, the momentum they built throughout the season winning 10, uh, 10 games, um, signing extensions to both their coordinators, not losing anybody off their coaching staff. I mean, there is not – really much of a loss even if they was to get blown out at this point it'd, it'd be a sour taste in their mouth but that's not gonna last that long they they know they're on the rise and they've already ex- exceeded expectations yeah i don't i don't feel like it has a long term long-term effect like upside here let's let's just assume michigan washington texas alabama the the playoff teams finish above missouri in the final rankings they all should the worst thing would be it would be loss number two uh, Georgia and Florida State are five and six. They play each other. If Georgia wins that game, like I can see Florida State dropping below Missouri. If Georgia loses that game, Missouri can't jump Georgia. Uh, they would jump Ohio State if they win. Oregon, I don't see a world in which Oregon loses to Liberty. So, like, best case scenario, I see Missouri moving up to, you know, seventh Thanks. in the country in the final ranking. Worst case scenario, actually, they could slip, like, Penn State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, LSU, Arizona are the five teams right below them. I could see with the loss, Missouri falling below all those. Well, they're not going to fall below Oklahoma and Arizona because one of those teams is going to lose. But, like, you know, downside is falling to 13, 14. Still not terrible. Nobody's going to feel bad about finishing the finishing 13th in the country. But um, there's some definite upside. Like, I, I feel like this is a – this is a day where Missouri can tell the rest of the country, hey, you need to take us a little more seriously than I feel like you're taking us. 
Absolutely. And well, actually, that kind of brings up another slight tidbit, interesting point that I thought Drake made today is someone asked him about the impact Luther Burden has made. And I know I wrote something recently about Williams Winery and what his impact is and, and momentum. And Drake brought it back to Luther because, yeah, it does start with Luther. And I, I think my article is more so speaking about the last few months in particular. But yeah, he said it starts with Luther, him coming uh, to Missouri. And then, you know, them kind of building off of that is got the ball rolling. So, yeah, if they they play well and they do well and all that good stuff, like it only keeps that going. But I don't think I don't think it's too much. Even if there was a drop below some of those teams you just said, again, they're already probably they probably took three steps forward in a season you were hoping they took one, possibly two steps. Um, so there's that. And also, do you not think. So if Georgia blows out Florida State, kind of like I were expecting, in a, would a Missouri win just move in the six, though? Who's uh, I, I think a Missouri win would move them to seven because Oregon is eight, and I just I can't invent a scenario where Oregon loses to Liberty. Like, I, I just can't see it. But, you know, beating Liberty, I get why they could keep, you know, have that spot over Missouri, but if Missouri beats Ohio State – yeah. I mean, either way, it's going to work. But, you know, six or seven, good seats. So so here's the here's the scenario I've invented for this game. It would be the perfect 2023 college football scenario. Mm. Some happens to Brady Cook has to go out of the game. Sam Horn, either not getting it done, something happens to Sam Horn. Third-string quarterback um, Jake Garcia comes in the game, beats Ohio State, and like legitimately after the game is in the transfer portal. I feel like that would be the perfect 2023 college football scenario. Didn't that happen at Western Kentucky? I feel like it was Didn't a Western really? Kentucky. Uh, there, yeah, there was a backup quarterback who played. He had entered the portal already. He was allowed to play and stick with the team. And either like five touchdowns and help them come back and win. I'm pretty sure that was Western Kentucky okay. a week or two ago. So, yeah, um, that would That'd be interesting, but um, I, I I don't think it's very realistic. I just kind of created it in my mind. Oh yeah, I, I I'm hip, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I mean this is where we're at. We've been previewing this game for 22 days. I'm just making shit up. This no, I got you. It, yeah, it's been a it's been a long time. I'm finally happy that it's here. The only thing about it, but like the SEC, the Cotton Bowl. NCAA, they had to kick us reporters down one more time by having this be a 7 p.m. kickoff. They hate me. That's all it is. But everything else has been <laughs> everything else has been cool. So uh yeah, so so let's just let's kind of uh spend the last few minutes here kind of taking a look around the New Year's six because look tomorrow we're obviously fully focused on on uh Mizzou, Ohio State. We'll We'll cover that game, but we're not going to have another show before some of these games get going. So um, we'll have our predictions on the site for Mizzou and Ohio State uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, some decent games tomorrow, Clemson, Kentucky, Oregon State, Notre Dame, some of those entertaining. But New Year's Six games, Saturday, Ole Miss, Penn State. What do you think? Ole Miss, Penn State. Without knowing anything about the team as far as opt-outs and all that, probably lean Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss, much better offense. I, I think uh I think Ole Miss and Penn State are the same program right now, which is I, yeah, definitely I, very definitely. good. 
Like they beat all the teams they should beat, but they, but can't, they can't beat the teams, you know, that, that they have to beat to get into the, the top five or whatever. What bowl is that? That's the Peach Bowl. Saturday. Peach Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's um, good. Yeah. Orange Bowl, Friday afternoon, Georgia, oh. Florida State. Um, Brock Glenn off an incredibly impressive performance against Louisville in the ACC title game, taking on Georgia. I think we're mm-hmm. going to go the same way in this one. Mm, Georgia by 73. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> Georgia, Georgia will probably win big. Um, I was kind of somewhat interested watching that, well, going to watch that game because I was thinking Jared Verse, the defensive end, like him. I don't know. I know Keon Coleman declared for the draft. I don't know if that means he's not playing or not, but he would have been someone I'd like to watch. But it's a wash. George is going to step on him probably. Like neither team cares at all about this game. There's two scenarios in this game. Either Georgia wins and Florida State just says, Screw it, we're gonna sue the Orange Bowl. We think we should have won. Or Florida State wins and claims the national title and we get get a lot of fun. Uh that'd be cool. I feel like that bowl game is the exact opposite of the cotton bowl, where like those two coaches are like, we deserve to be playing for more. And then these two uh are kind of like, I'm happy to be here. Whatever y'all want to say, like, I want more, but the cotton bowl is cool too. So yeah. definitely two different experiences. Yeah, uh, New Year's Day, Liberty, Oregon. I refuse to talk about this game. It doesn't matter. Liberty should not be in the New Year's Six. Uh, so playoff, Bama, Michigan. I don't know if you saw, because I know you've been super busy. What? Jim Harbaugh said, I, it was either yesterday or this morning, that Jalen Milrow is a more polished version of the kid who is Michigan's backup quarterback. <laughs> like, Jim, you don't got to give Nick Saban any fuel, man. Oh, man, that's why I like college football. That's why I like – that's the good thing about college sports. I need coaches to have more personality. I need you to just throw throw whatever you want to say at the wall and be like, F it, because I'm such and such. I have to say this. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I like that. Uh, what what like, day is that? Uh, that's what New Year's day? day, Monday. And that's the – That is the – I can't – I forget all the Rose Bowl. Games. Rose Bowl. Okay, and the next game is played. Is that played on New Year's too? Oh, yeah, the, the shirt, yeah, the two semifinals are both on Monday. So those are New Year's or New Year. And then you just said Okay, never mind. Kind of mixed up. Okay. Sounds like fun. I'm gonna be locked in for so, so oh, Bama, Bama Bama, Michigan. I like I like Bama. What do you think? I I don't wanna pick Bama. <laughs> uh right. but I'm I'll lean I'll lean Bama. But I want I want Michigan to win. Just just because it's different. So I'm yeah, gonna say Bama for I don't know if I want either one of them to win, but uh but I think Bama wins. All right, Texas, Washington, Sugar Bowl. This is one where that's the game my I'm head's right. yeah, my head says Texas. I really want Washington to win the national title. Absolutely. I, I'm I'm with I'm, I'm with Washington all the way. Yeah, I mean uh, Michael, uh, he he's he's great. Uh, I like the receivers. Rome, that's uh, that's Rome good... Dunze. Uh, uh, is amazing. Love that kid. Yeah, I, I like uh, watching him play, but I also like the the guys on Texas. I like the tight end, uh, Worthy, um, Mitchell. They got some they got some cats over there too. That's I'm just excited to watch a good game. But Washington, that's my team going on. So I'm gonna pick Washington for sure. The important thing, Jared asked. 
How's the hospitality room in Cotton Bowl hospitality second to none? I, I know that. Yeah, um, they gave me the backpack Gabe got. Uh, so uh, that was the that was the is thing it, I was is, thinking. Is the most. it like legitimately the same backpack? Pretty pretty much. It's got the logo yeah. on there. It's a it's a huge backpack, <laughs> but um, it's cool. Hospitality room. It's been cool. Uh, been playing some of the other reporters in the games, and uh, me typically a winner has lost every single thing. I haven't won. I haven't won ping pong. I haven't won pool foosball. Um. I've never lost so much consecutively in my life, but I'm having a good time. So that's all that matters. It's it's definitely uh, I joked with another reporter that we need to get this to Missouri, but let's just start with the let's start with the food. Let's let's work our way up a little bit. Let's work our way up a little bit. Let's get some decent food or a little maybe, bit better. I'm not gonna say it's not decent. Maybe maybe you can find one of our I guess less athletic subscribers and beat them in pickleball tonight. Maybe maybe that'll boost your uh, boost. Your oh, there is pickleball there. Oh man! And I think I got the attire to get busy. See, I got the I got the power Mizzou polo, so I got my work stuff on. But I got a nice pair of you know sweat. Like I can get I can get active, Gabe. So you'd be. I'm embarrassed to say it, but I'm playing foosball. I can feel the tightness in my arm. I was, okay. I was trying to win. I was trying to win. Hey, no, I'm I'm the worst foosball player that's ever existed. We had a foosball table in my fraternity in college, and like the rule was that when you were a pledge, like anyone who was active in the house could challenge you to a foosball game at any time, and the loser had to buy a pizza. Like, dude, I just oh, I hid because I was bad at that game. I've never been worse at anything in my life than I am at foosball. Oh uh, no, uh, foosball, pool, and ping pong for like specific like pool. I've always known how to play not great at it but i know how to play ping pong i played it once before and it's really just like uh they don't have a game so they had some you know the xbox or the playstation or what it what it got active but ping pong that's, these games have forced me to learn and try new things but it's it's been fun i've been having a better time than i thought i don't like y'all in the comments hating on me i got somebody saying i'm gonna sprain an ankle tonight somebody giving me a medical red shirt this is not the energy we need y'all i don't like this no, all right. Well, if you uh, if you happen to be in Dallas, show up tonight. Challenge Gerard to pickleball. Uh, For sure. Revise Yinglings. Everything all good. So, uh, all right, man. Well, hey, appreciate the work all week. Appreciate you uh, hanging out every day and wasting some of your time uh, dealing with us. And uh, have fun tonight. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. For sure. Everybody, come through. Um, whatever Mizzou football related. Try to answer it to the best of my abilities. Pickleball, I haven't played it. I'm sure I will fail miserably, but I'm going to have fun. So that's that's all that matters this week. But when I get home, I'm probably going to beat Drew in basketball to make me feel better. Uh, that shot is – I hope he sees – I hope he poor, sees this. Poor, poor Drew, man, just catching strays on the live show. Oh, man, he's – that's my guy. But I, I'll catch you guys later. All right. Thanks, Gerard. Appreciate it. That is uh, Gerard Hamilton from uh, – from Las Colinas there, uh, be in, uh, I don't know, some other suburb of Dallas tonight, uh, over in Arlington for the game tomorrow. Appreciate him. Uh, it, it, it seriously, you guys covering these bowl games is, uh, every day is you're running all over the place, taking media shuttles. So appreciate Gerard make it to, uh, to hang out with us and kind of you guys in on what's going on down in Dallas this week. Appreciate.
share, subscribe, do all the things that will allow more people to uh, to see what we're doing here. And we'll answer this question. Uh, Ninja asked, live call-in show if we win. Look, so there are two reasons I quit the live call-in show. Number one, it's an absolute hellscape. Like, guys, I, I listened, a friend of mine um, who runs another rival site did a podcast with live call-ins earlier this week. It ended up being four and a half hours. He literally cut it, could have cut two hours of it off just by if he didn't have to tell people to turn down their volume or wait and on a phone call because they didn't know he was. It's in the ass. Uh, second of all, um, I let my Skype subscription go, so I do not currently have a phone number you can call. Um, so yeah, that's why we don't do the live call-in shows. It is a absolute mess but we will do a post game show tomorrow night brought to you as all of our shows and all of our coverage this week have been by our friends at yingling the taste of game time you can follow them at yingling beer on x and instagram if you are a subscriber and know uh the location and the details of our deal tonight in dallas uh, Yingling is going to be there, going to have Yingling specials. They're going to have a vendor table, get some merch, things like that. Uh, so you can meet the, uh, meet the people who have helped us out all season long and made this show all week long possible for you guys. Again, thanks to you guys. Thanks to Gerard. Thanks to Yingling. I think I've thanked everybody. So, uh, that means it's time to go. We will have full coverage tomorrow and I will be live as soon as the game goes final. Gerard will join me after post-game interviews. So we will talk to you about uh, 11 o'clock Friday night. See you then.